Welcome back to One Book That Changed My Life, where entrepreneurs and experts share one book and the life-changing principles they applied. If you love that flash, that spark of inspiration when a great idea just leaps off the page at you, but you don't have time for all the amazing books you run across, then this podcast is designed for you. In each episode, you'll discover business books, past and present, that are changing the lives of people just like you and come away with insights you can put into action right now. So let's jump into the latest book. Welcome back, everybody. This is one book that changed my life. We have a really awesome guest today. Ian Garlic is with me. So if you don't know Ian, you should. He's the founder of VideoCaseStory.com. He's the uh, the host of the Garlic Marketing Show, uh, which is a hilarious play on his last name and has absolutely nothing to do with cooking. It's all about marketing. So uh, Ian, Ian is a fellow uh, agency owner, runs in a lot of the same circles, works with some incredible names, uh, bigger names than we've worked with. So Gina Wickman, Perry Marshall, which is a couple of uh, personal heroes, as well as huge names like Fran Tarkenton and stuff like that. So uh, we're going to talk about a really interesting book, The Tao Te Ching. So um, I haven't read it. It's one that my mentors read and recommended, but I haven't got around to it yet. So I love these conversations where we're covering classic books that I haven't had a chance to get to yet. So with all that being said, Ian, officially welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Matt. I, I love talking about books and I enjoy talking with you. So this is going to be fun. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we're having a great time just talking through intros we can make to each other, uh, which I which I love talking through that stuff. You, we're both very relationship focused. Um, so first of all, set the scene for me uh, a little bit, uh, just on the company and, and what you tell people. So when you run across somebody that's like your ideal person, maybe it's a coach or a consultant or an entrepreneur, uh, what do you tell them that you do? Uh, I mean, we find the stories in your business and help you to sell with it. And you know, we video is our primary focus, and we do a lot of YouTube. Uh, optimization, but it's really about finding those ideal stories, telling the right story at the right time. Uh, when the, the place we always start is with video case stories. And we call them that instead of testimonials because testimonials frame it in a different way. If I, if, if, if you ask someone for a testimonial for Matt or for your business, you know, it's like micro famous to me, a testimonial, they're going to talk about micro famous and how great it is. And, oh, right. They're and not tell, they're not going to tell their story, which is actually what the people listening care about. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And anytime I hear that word testimonial, that's what I'm thinking of. And your best customers want to help you out. And so they're thinking of like, it's like trying to give you a recommendation when you really want their story. And you've got to, it, it, there's nothing sells better than your customer stories. Nothing mm-hmm. will grow your business faster. Nothing will grow your reputation faster. Nothing will inspire, you know, the best salesperson I ever knew just collected stories and, you know, mm-hmm. sold millions of dollars in a tiny little territory. And, it's it's because if you have great stories, you don't even need. I've sold stuff without products, you know, without a product sheet. People have bought from me, and they're like, "I'm not sure exactly what I bought, but I'm excited because I, yeah. you know, you tell great stories." Yep. And and with all that on the line, it, you know, it, why are we more intentional? Everyone's just like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to send someone out to give a testimony," and you never find the story. So yeah, that's very true. Uh, the only person I know that's good at that is a CEO that I used to work for. Uh, and he literally started flying a videographer out with a person that he personally trained to on how to interview clients. And then he personally reviews and edits those uh, case story videos. You know, uh, obviously he didn't know about you guys, but uh, I mean, he basically built a system to do the same thing because he recognized that that is the most powerful part and it takes expertise to pull that out. You're listening to your customers too. You're mm-hmm. you're really listening to them, and we always discover we discover keywords, we discover new angles, we get hooks out of them. Amazing, you know. And one of the things I 
my LinkedIn profile, I don't know if that was it, because it's like I tell people I, I make my job is to make your customers cry and capture that video to make your prospects cry. And <laughs> but that's, <laughs> that's what we so want. Good. Yeah. We, we want that emotion. And people will remember that. And I had an amazing guest on, um, and Paul Zach, who's the uh, author of Neuroeconomics and, and is a really cool company, just a great guy, and did so much study studies on this. And if we tell an story with emotion, here, this is, I'm going on a tangent, but this, it's, they've proven that whatever you ask someone to do afterwards, they're more likely to do it. So they actually told a story with emotion. And then ask for donations for something completely separate and increase donations. I, I, I'm throwing the stats out. Right. I, you know, as most stats are made on the spot, but I want to say like 30%. Yeah. It was, it was significant. And it wasn't even related. It was, so the point wasn't that it directly related to the donation. It was just, they stirred up an emotion pitched yeah. for something completely unrelated, but it still affected the donations. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And those stories, everyone has those stories. Everyone tells me they don't have those stories. We have a thing called the tackle box. We do a strategy with them. We go through their stories and then we ask them the stories and they're like, uh, you know, and, they're, and by the time they're done, they're like, oh, I actually have a lot of stories. Yes, mm-hmm. we all do. We just don't spend any time doing it. And then capturing them on video and you can use them for years and years. We have clients that have used the same videos for 10 years. And it's like, it's talk about a return on investment. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. And it's absolutely true. Cause I know I've got some that I, that I use that are five plus years yeah. old. Some are on video, some are just, you know, oral stories that I tell in consultations and stuff, but you're absolutely right. Once that story is down on some format, yeah, you reuse it forever. Yep. Yeah. So that's, that's what I do. Awesome. <laughs> I was going to say, we could do an entire episode about that, but that'd be probably a different podcast uh, from microfamers or something. Uh, but we're going to talk about the Tao Te Ching. So let's go back in time a little bit and set, um, uh, tell everybody kind of where you were at, what stage of life you're at, maybe what you were doing in your life or your business when you first came across the book. Uh, so I, I was actually, I think 13 years old, <laughs> okay. so um, like seven, eight years ago. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Se- yeah. Like seven, eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I read the Tao of Pooh, which is uh, basically, uh, you know, it, it, it is a version of it. Uh, someone said, suggested to me, and I'm like, this is amazing. So I, I read the Tao Te Ching, the I Ching by, uh, by Sun Tzu. And it's, and it, it's one, it's, it's an amazing book because it's so it's simple and it's full of paradoxes, but every time I read it, I've read it, I, I want to say hundreds of times because I read it almost on a daily basis. Really? Um, it, it changes, it changes for me. Like hmm. it, every time I read it, this, the things it changes. And it's interesting because one of the concepts in it is that, you know, a man is like a river and, and that, you know, you never step in. It's like a story. You step hmm. into the same river, but you're never stepping into the same river. Same thing right. about the book. Um, and that's one of the concepts from the book is that, you know, you, you never, it's never, it always has something to relate to. And every great book I've ever written that's about mindsets or how like kind of spirituality or how we manage time. If it's great, it has some concept from the Dalai chain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, over time I've, there's been stuff I really didn't understand that now I've grown to understand in it. And, uh, Yeah there's some big, big concepts in there. And, you know, I started back then and I've read 20 different versions of it. And, uh, you know, Wayne Dyer had a book, the three daily Tao, which was essentially like 365 days going through the Tao Te Ching. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's, it's a phenomenal book. So with you reading it that young, what effect do you think it had on you at that age? Did it set you on a specific trajectory? Did it, did it open your mind to different things? Oh, hundred yeah. percent. I think I was, 
you know, I wasn't as quote unquote ambitious. There's a, there's a concept in it. It's called way, 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 which is being without being. And something I, I always kind of meditated on. And it's the idea that you do stuff without do without having intention to without any expectation. And it's, it's a big concept. And it's a very tough concept to really gather. Yeah. But being unattached to the outcome, like not doing it just for the outcome's sake, but doing exactly. it for the outcome's sake. Exactly. Okay. And, but you know, you're constantly doing stuff and it's allowed me to do a lot of things and, and not so much worry about what's going to happen. And, you know, is this the right thing to do? Um, so, it, you know, I think that definitely helped me early on. It, 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 de- it like, I look back in it and made me realize like this is going to sound bad, but early on, I realized how unimportant formal education was. And so <laughs> coming from someone who was homeschooled, got a GED and didn't go to college. You'll get no argument from me there. <laughs> you know, and I, I was recruited to go to college my freshman year of high school. Really? And yeah. And sports, and, I'm assuming, right? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not sports. Not sports. It was, it was education. I tested so high. Oh, that, Wow that it, it was, uh, yeah, you would think six, six, it wasn't sports. Uh, uh, my, like I'm, I'm at my house right now and my dog is, my son's trying to get out with my dog. It's absolutely hilarious. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, get for sitting next to an open window, looking out over a pool that overlooks yeah, a lake. Yeah. That's what yeah. I get. Um, so <laughs> yeah, it's, it definitely made me think about life in a different way. Right. And it's like, hey, the path least less taken. And, you know, you can have all the intention in life that you want. It very seldom is that stuff going to come out. So definitely early on, it made me more open to experience. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's it's one thing that I uh, continually have to remind myself of slash struggle with. I'll give you an example. So I take a lot of, you know, supplements and I'll notice if I am like rushing through the act of taking supplements, I'll, I'll knock like the cap of the capsules will go flying. Like, you know, I'll just, I'll drop things mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll just go, why? Like, why am I rushing? There's yeah. nothing to rush to. Like, I'm not, I don't, I live in San Diego, two blocks from the beach. I, I work four hours in the morning and then I'm off. Like, there's n- literally nothing to rush to. Why am I rushing to get these pills down my throat as quickly as humanly possible? I have to con, like, there's just, there's that motor on the inside that I grew up with yep. of, get through this thing to get to the next thing for no other reason than just to get to the next thing. Really not like you're not taking any fulfillment from it. So yeah, like I have to consistently remind myself when I notice that I'm rushing like that to just go, no, like take the pills for their own sake, wash the dishes, not to get it over with, but just to wash the dishes. Yes. Uh, I think it was like Thich Nhat Hanh that said something like that in one of his books about the example of just like, Hey, wash your bowl just to wash the bowl. Well, I mean, and a lot of his philosophy is based on the Tao. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, 100%. And, and there's one of the, you know, there's a few different things about the open space and about water. It talks a lot about water and being like water and the consistency of water. But, uh, you know, one of my favorite ones is that a, a cup that's full to the brim, it has no bound. And meaning that, you know, if we, if we are completely full, we can't accept the, the, the accept anything yet. And, it, and I think that that's exactly it. Cause we're trying to do so much. We're not actually allowing anything back in. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was just, in fact, I was talking to Julia, the gal that you introduced me to 
we're recording her episode earlier this morning and she said something about that when it's it's always odd to be around somebody who's been in the business long enough that they think they they know everything and therefore they're not open to any new input. I've seen that before because really? I've seen it all before. Yeah, it's just it's 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 just a manifestation of the similar thing. If you feel like you're completely full, you're not open to anything else. Uh, I see, and it's funny because I the more I learn, the more the more I feel the less I know. Let's take a quick break from the conversation. Are you interested in running a podcast like this? Then check out our done-for-you service and grab a 15-minute podcast brainstorm call. We'll talk through your podcast idea and the business behind it, so you'll know exactly how a podcast can attract ideal clients and bring you 5 to 10x return. Schedule your call today at pursuingresults.com. And now, let's jump back into the conversation. I picked that up from musicians. The, 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 the most arrogant musicians are the ones that are like in the middle. Yeah. Right. You think of like Lars Ulrich from Metallica, super arrogant and off-putting. He's also a very mediocre metal drummer in the big scheme of things. The people that are unlike master level musicians are also the most humble because they know how far they have to go. They could go like, it's like their vision goes further and they realize, yeah, I know a lot, but man, I'm just scratching the surface. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So let me ask you this, going back to the, the way. And so, I mean, you're in business, you're an entrepreneur, you know, we're recording this and, you know, this is literally like the first Wednesday of 2022. I'm sure you have goals for this year. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's a level of attachment to the outcome. So how do you, how do you balance that? How do you balance just doing business for its own sake, uh, doing good, impacting people, all the things that your business does uh, with the fact that you do want to grow at the end of the day, you are attached to the outcome. It, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things that has to, you have to have the goal and then let it be there. And it's, it, that's part of the doubt I Ching too. It's like, it's this paradox of, it's always paradoxes of you, you need to have the goal, but it needs to just be there and, you know, detach yourself from it and let it be there. And, and that's where a lot of the mindfulness training comes in meditation. Um, I think that's an important part and, you know, constantly reading great books that remind you of those things yeah. and, and paying attention to the people that, because, you know, it's, if you put it all, the other book we were going to talk about too, was 4,000 weeks. And that really, there was a piece of that that came out of there, but if you put it all into perspective, no matter what you do a, a thousand years from ago, now it definitely won't mean nothing. Most likely a hundred years from now, mm. probably, you know, your family is probably the only thing that's, if you're lucky, will be the thing that people remember, yeah. you know, even the iPhone, right. That we're like, Steve Jobs went to make dent in the universe really 200 years from now, there's probably going to be something else. Yeah. And if, you know, if we're not back to sticks and stones, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, let's hope not. I hope we're looking back on it going, wasn't the iPhone so rudimentary and dumb that's we're really, yeah. we had more people dying from trying to take selfies and falling off cliffs than we did being eaten by sharks. Um, <laughs> I, I hope that's the, I hope that's the response from our future selves, but yeah, you're right. I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons why I'm so fascinated by books. You know, when you look at, um, you know, probably both, a lot of both of our heroes have written books and, uh, their ideas survive, you know, sometimes the, um, you know, when I look at, you know, some of the best marketing books I've read, like Al Reese's stuff. And I think about how often I come back to books like that, the 22 immutable laws of marketing, I can pick that up 
once a day, once a month, whatever, like I always get something out of it. The examples that he uses might be dated. I don't care. The principles are the same. Like the principles are timeless. Uh, I hope to write some books like that. You know, and that's, yeah, yeah, I mean, to me, that's, that's part of what's so fascinating about books is that we can still read something that was written by someone we really don't know thousands of years ago, but he's still changing lives today. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is the great part about books is, you know, and you look back at Marcus Aurelius, right. And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's meditations and it's like, it's the one thing that survived. He was the emperor of Rome. I know, isn't that crazy? We can't, we can't even conceive of the level of power. Uh, but on the same hand, he was level emperor of Rome, had no air conditioning, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> died a horrible, painful death of a plague on the on the road during uh, yeah. during wartime. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so, and so what's interesting is that um, so so you you and I are both in the business of producing you know video or audio content. I, we we do video versions of our podcast and stuff like that. Uh, it is going to be interesting to see as things like the blockchain develop. You know, does video and audio content have a timelessness that only books used to have? I mean, think yeah. about that. I mean, we're getting to the point now, it's not quite there yet, where you could put um, an entire audio file of some kind on the blockchain. And it's as long as literally humanity survives in this particular, like the, the blockchains are there, um, people could go back a thousand years from now and potentially find that audio file and listen to your stuff, listen to your podcast, listen to uh, a lecture or a message or a sermon or something like that. How, how incredible would that be for like those types of content to now live that long? That'd be amazing. I mean, it'd be crazy. And, but on the other hand, it's like, you know, if we do it, we're never going to see the outcome of it. And that's that's true. Exactly. Uh, Well, we can always freeze our heads or bodies for science and hopefully science will revive them at the time when, when when the time is right. Uh, So you said you come back to the Tao Te Ching pretty, pretty regularly. Um, What's the, what's the last thing you picked up that you remembered? Uh, I mean, I think it is, you know, the attachment to things Mm. and like the, the things beget things. And, and then they're all, things uh and it really uh, you are not the thing yeah and we're we're all just one big entity is basically what it says right mm-hmm. everything comes from there and uh, it, it's because we're so ready to be attached to things and they're gonna go away and, yeah. and they don't mean anything and, and all there is is this moment i think that i mean that's always one of the big ones that i come back to and also just the, the idea of, of working you know, because coming into the new year, like you're talking about goals and mm-hmm. like I, I was thinking about working and what do we accomplish and right, it just really getting focused on working for work's sake and just enjoying it. And, uh, and yeah. I think, you know, that's the big one I'm really focusing on this year. Yeah, that's really good. I was um, in a similar vein thinking about trying to put my focus more on, uh, since a pretty good chunk of my week is spent like creating content. Um, and just like anything else, no matter how much you enjoy it, if you have, you know, if you have back to back to back to back meetings and recordings and stuff like that, it can get old sometimes. So I'm trying to focus on the fact that this is making a contribution. Mm-hmm. You know, the content that we put into the world makes a contribution to people, both in the moment and for however long, you know, after people, people consume it later. And just thinking about that, like doing it for that sake, for the sake of doing it and for the contribution that it makes rather than for the outcome you hope to get out of it, just, yeah, to, to hopefully enjoy it in the moment more and realize that, Hey, these are great conversations that I get to have. And we both get to do really cool things 
on an average daily basis that if you told our 20 year old self, this is what we do in, we wouldn't have <laughs> believed you. Uh, and we forget that sometimes. Oh, hundred percent. And I think that contribution part is so important because it's like, Hey, you can influence one person's life. You know, if you say, yeah. Hey, what if you can influence, change the trajectory of one person's life? Will that make an hour of your time worth it? And of course you say yes, but we get so caught up and like, Oh, I've got to, you know, this podcast has got to change my, change my life. Yeah. Like, I just go help someone else. I know we were talking about that because you're asking me on your show about podcast downloads and stuff. And and yeah, that the, it's so hard when you, when you're getting a hundred downloads, a couple 500 downloads and your obsession is with why hasn't it doubled yet? Why isn't it thousands upon thousands? Why isn't it millions? It's like, you're really forgetting that if you stacked all those people in the same room, you'd crawl over broken glass to go show up to a speaking event where you got to talk to those people in person. Yeah. It's, but it's no different. It's no different to speak to them virtually. No. And in fact, I, it's almost better because they're not, they're really listening to you on a podcast. Yeah. People tell me that they're like, they're, they do work and listen. I do that too, too. listen to audiobooks and podcasts while I'm doing other stuff, you know, distracted from the work, but I'm much more intentful than I think I would be in a room because I'd probably be on my phone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> listen to a podcast. In a room, we're on our phone, but when we're on the phone, we're doing other things and actually better quality attention. It's weird, yeah. but it's so incredibly true. Um, all right. So, uh, so let's talk about where people can connect with you and, and really who should connect. So if somebody's in the listening audience, which is full of coaches, consultants, speaker, author types, and other types of yeah. experts, how do they know that they're right for you? You know, if, I mean, if you have success stories and don't haven't really captured them, if you're not help using them in your sales and your marketing and you, you know, retargeting, go to videocastory.com. We've got 60 different ways you can use your customer stories. We create multiple, multiple versions of them. We can help you collect them, strategize them, uh, do everything. So you can go there. And then, you know, if you want to hear the latest, like really what's working in marketing and some fun stories, uh, go to the garlic marketing show. Um, and if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, just let me know you heard me on the podcast here. Uh, because I, otherwise, you know, I've, I've got 50 other LinkedIn messages. That people try to sell me something. <laughs> true. It's so true. Uh, and just F one foot podcaster to another. Uh, if people enjoy the show, your episode, uh, you know, or your show of garlic marketing show, uh, go and leave a review. Cause that's one of the most meaningful things you can do for a podcaster. Uh, we don't get a lot of, because it's all time shifted. It's hard for us to know you know, if we're making an impact. So uh, yeah, uh, go go leave Ian and review uh, on Apple Podcasts for his show because I know it makes a difference to any podcasters. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. All right, man, Ian, this has been great. I really appreciate it. Hopefully everyone goes and checks you out, gets connected. Uh, do not try to pitch you on LinkedIn because they will not have good luck. <laughs> and I appreciate you being here. All right, Matt. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening. Thanks for rating and reviewing the show. And especially thank you for sharing the show with other entrepreneurs and experts. Every time you share the show, you're putting life-changing ideas into someone's life. Now, to get the micro-famous field report that helps you turn your expertise into a lifestyle business without spending all day on social media, go to microfamous.substack.com and enter your email to access it for free. That's where you get all my podcast episodes, articles, sketches, videos, everything goes into the micro-famous field report. So go to Substack, sign up for that today so you get that. And stay tuned for the next episode of One Book That Changed My Life. We'll see you there.